so we just got finished playing some Battlefront 2 for your channel. Had a fun time. I, I totally destroyed you in any challenge that we had. You definitely didn't yeah, beat me I'm, in our challenge to get the heroes first. I feel like it might be fun to try and come up with some other dumb ways to play Battlefront. Oh, I don't definitely. know what you could do besides race to see who can be a hero first, though. I've seen the Drenica races, which are super, super oh, fun to do. That does sound really cool. Load up with some buddies, get Droidica as soon as possible, and then just race across the map. It's a fun one. That's but, why they need like private matches, so you can set uh, up like a little course. If only. If only. That's that's what I loved about Squadrons, is how the, the community really, really pushed forward with that, and they were able to get it added to the game. Sadly... I don't see it happening, but I hope if an eventual Battlefront 3 happens that we will get a a really robust game as well as private matches so we can have that consistency so we can do stuff like that and try to play around with the game as much as we can. <laughs> Welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. Um but on, on, on the topic of Battlefront 3, got an email from friend of the podcast, Daniel Schilling. He says Good afternoon, Sage. Hope you're keeping well. Just listened to the latest podcast with Split Screen. Awesome as always. And I just wanted to share some thoughts I've had on what could happen for Battlefront 3. Assuming EA will make it, and we all know EA are about money, how would you feel about a packet style similar to FIFA, but for Star Wars heroes? Example, you buy packs, but each patch contains different blasters, weapon upgrades, and hero upgrades. I was thinking heroes could have different levels of power depending on which one you pull from a packet. E.g. Luke Skywalker level 1 is New Hope Luke. Uh, just learning the Force level 2 is Empire Luke. A little stronger and more skilled with the Force. See where I'm going with this. Now, before you say it, I know this makes the game play to win. Obviously, that's not what we want as fans, but it is something that could balance the game out. Or have a free version of Battlefront 3, but all DLCs are paid for and stick with the current way of unlocking items, but make the make it slightly tougher like the 5,000 kills are similar to the hut contracts of battlefront 2015 uh, there's tons more i could go on about but i'd be typing forever keep well all the best daniel so i wanted to talk about this uh, on the podcast and go over some thoughts uh, what we'd like to see the monetary side of battlefront 3 would look like and what we'd like to see the the upgrades for the game what are, you, what are your thoughts? I don't know much about how FIFA does it, except that it's, like, problematic, is, mm -hmm. I think. I, I, would, I would really be sad if they ever came back to some sort of randomized distribution of items. Uh, I, I think that would hurt everybody. <laughs> so, I agree. There is... The way that the game industry is moving forward and the way that the, I mean, Battlefront 2 sparked a whole movement in terms of what we as an industry look at in terms of how game developers and game publishers approach the player. And the way that EA did it with Battlefront 2, while not the worst um, player in the game industry, it was still pretty bad. And it hurt the game. It hurt to this day. And while the game is having a resurgence and it's super popular, there are still people out there that won't play the game because of what happened at launch, which is sad. 
Um, so hopefully, yeah, it's still uh, like like a dumb joke you can make. Like if mm-hmm. somebody goes, "Oh, it's, I hope it's better than the Phantom Menace," like people are still making that joke. People are still making the joke. Oh, I don't want to have to pay fifty thousand hours of gameplay to get Darth Vader. It's like they solved that a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. <on>. Yeah. <laughs> But people are, that's the image a lot of people still have of Battlefront in their head. If a Battlefront 3 gets made, and I think it will be, we've, we're getting a lot of rumors. Um, and while I don't think any of the rumors are necessarily true, the fact that there are rumors starts to lend credence to the game being made. Because when Battlefront 2 was in development, we saw uh, a lot more leaks, and I'm using quotation marks there, rumors and all of that, that something was happening. And I think if you're if you're EA and you see how much money that the Star Wars license has made you and how much money the Battlefront license has made you and see how much of a popular franchise it is and how how strong of a community it has, you'd be crazy not to capitalize on that. So I, I definitely think that they're going to make a Battlefront 3. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, and also they've... I gotta imagine they're gonna like somehow try a little harder these days or with their next mm-hmm. releases because they have other to. people get to play in that sandbox now with their exclusivity deal coming up or ending soon so maybe they're gonna be like oh oh we got to make sure people remember ea star wars games are the ones you want to buy mm-hmm. you know i mean last episode i had a friend of the podcast split screen on the podcast and we were talking about leaks and we we're talking about the the conundrum that's going to be star wars games where if you are uh, say someone in college, say someone in school, or you have a nine to five, why would you pay money for an EA Star Wars game when other companies are also going to be making Star Wars games and you may only have the budget for one? Why would you pay EA money for Rainbow Six Siege but Star Wars when you could pay Ubisoft money and have the open world Star Wars game, but you know it's going to get developed and get supported for much longer. That's going to be the reality that EA is going to have, and they're going to be like, okay, we it's it's going to make them have to do better. Yeah, and that's really exciting because even with like Rainbow Six Siege, has they had a rocky start like Battlefront Two did, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly. Oh yes, and then they like fixed it, and now it's super popular. And that exact same thing happened with Battlefront, except with Battlefront, they were like, okay, it's done now. We're going to just stop. When they didn't, they could have kept going. And yeah, uh, the yeah the player base is still there. The community is still there, but they moved on. So maybe with Battlefront 3, they'll be like, oh, maybe we've got to maintain support for longer before we just dump this for the next thing. Yeah. Especially if there are other multiplayer Star Wars games coming out. Because obviously the Ubisoft one is a, a single player open world so that won't quite require the same level of post launch well, support we know it's we know it's open world but it oh, could yeah, definitely be online player. multiplayer yes. which if you look at the games that the development company has made which is the division series which right. is an open world multiplayer shooter game yeah. i could i could see that as a game but in star wars and i would mm-hmm. i would be happy with that like i i i've been thinking about it and i'm like do I really want that? Do is that something that I would play? And I really thought about it. I was like, that's definitely something I would play. There are very few games that you couldn't just switch into Star Wars version 
that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be really excited about. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you're looking at like Rainbow Six Siege, but Star Wars, I'd 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 buy that in a heartbeat. That's that's my that's yeah, the game that like, I would love so much. Like uh, probably some kind of like clone commandos or something. Yes, it'd be so great. Ooh. Uh man. It, it, I would love to see that. Uh, there's rumors that there's they're making a more tactical shooter, but it's going to be focused on Inferno Squadron. I'd be down with that too. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So, and th- there was rumors. Uh, I think it was like 2019 or 2020. There were rumors that EA EA canceled a spinoff Battlefront game, and I'm wondering if the rumors and the leaks that we've been getting. Uh, about that Inferno Squad game. I wonder if that was brought back into production or if this is a new game. So we shall see. I'm super excited about it. Obviously, you can put a Star Wars character from any story into any other story, but the fact that there were rumors of or evidence that uh, the cast of Battlefront 2 were working on a new game, you'd think it would be something with like Battlefront in the title, even if it's not mm-hmm. Battlefront 3, just call it Battlefront Inferno Time yeah. Reloaded. <laughs> Inferno, the, uh, like, even if it's like Star Wars Battlefront, the Inferno Squad missions or something like that, or Star Wars Battlefront Inferno Squad, like they, those characters were super strong. And while I, I disagreed with the speed at which they changed sides, I love the characters. I think they, the characters that they made and the acting for those were super solid. I really enjoyed that experience. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see them in more stuff. I think I would per- personally like to see uh, the kind of the time period between the end of the campaign and the start of the DLC, where... Aiden and Dell are just kind of doing whatever, mm-hmm. um, but it would probably work better for a tactical shooter to have it like be a prequel where they're still Inferno Squad, yeah, doing war crimes, that Which, sort of thing. <laughs> did you ever read the uh, Battlefront Two book that they came out sure with? Sure have, yeah. That was super it. fun. That was a super fun mission, and I I love those. I love the different looks that are the characters and to see them as the Empire, as you know, that they're going to be changing sides. It was it was a really fun read. Yeah, I liked it because it was like, it didn't, it's been a while since I read it, but, it, you know, it was like, oh, these, the rebels that they're trying to infiltrate, they're terrible, but for, like, good reasons. And then they're like, well, we're not like that, but also, like, we're still evil because mm-hmm. what we do and i i don't know i i thought it was good and it was a good uh, lead up to the book i thought the book actually might have given you a little bit more insight to the characters than the the campaign did yeah just because like you said the campaign moves pretty fast with how the characters kind of change how they feel about things mm-hmm. yeah but like that's that's the uh that's the nature of having um a campaign in a video game like it's it, Things are going to have to have... Well, especially with the, the, the campaign was obviously kind of second saddle to the rest of the game experience because mm-hmm. they were like, well, they got really mad that there wasn't a single player story in the last game, so we'd better make one here. And <laughs> I wouldn't call it half-assed, but it was certainly like, it was kind of like, okay, the, we need to give them something so that they can play this for like eight hours and then they'll do the multiplayer. 
it was it was a good decision to bring on motive because i think motive is a i i'm super excited to see what motive moves forward with they did a really good job with the campaign in battlefront and squadrons is such a fun unique experience in the the world of gaming and world of star wars i'm curious what they do next as well obviously squadrons and the campaign for battlefront are very different too so Mm -hmm. yeah they they have a lot of a lot of diversity in what they can bring to the table with anything that they make so i'm really excited on that front this episode of uplink podcast is brought to you by it's not a tiny house podcast a podcast all about alternative living and making it happen definitely go give them a listen link will be in the description of this episode you can find it wherever you find podcasts. Uh, g- going back to uh, how FIFA does it, and um, the other game that comes to mind that's somewhat similar is the Plants vs. Zombies uh, shooters that they made. It has something similar as a packet system where you get uh, packets and seeds to where you can unlock different characters, I believe. That that right there, that right there is the huge problem that Battlefront 2 faced was one you had to play a crap ton of hours to get Battlefront or to get Darth Vader and Luke, which were key staples of the game. And you had uh, ability cards, uh, the, the star cards that you had to get through randomization and through the loot boxes. And while that was removed at launch, it, the, the progression system still leaned on that and they had to spend mm-hmm. a lot of time to fix it. Oh yeah. The, if they had, had that sorted out at launch we you know we'd have another six months years worth of content that we didn't get because they had to spend that time fixing their progression system Mm -hmm. yeah so i i don't think and while it is is a good correlation to see something like that that ea makes and that ea supports and that ea makes a game every year on to see hey this this correlation here could bring uh future support for the game i don't think I mean, the people that play FIFA games and the people that play like Battlefront, I think those are usually two different uh, groups. And while there are people that play both, uh, they play them for very, very different reasons. And each has a different draw to it. And I don't think that that is a good place to take Star Wars games. Yeah, I feel like they could do it similar to how it is in battlefront two, where there's still a premium currency, the crystals, and then the earnable currency, the credits, and just have a store that's more usable and more frequently mm-hmm. updated. I have to always just think and compare things to gears five. Cause that's the biggest competitive shooter that I actually play a lot of. And, they recently fixed their dumb store and now they've got the premium currency and then the earnable currency and then their store updates every week with like a big backlog of stuff you can browse through and you can use your earnable or premium currency on all of it. Everything in the store you could buy with the earnable currency, but there's also the premium currency. So if you don't want to like grind it out mm-hmm. or, and I think every week, the new items in the store are only for premium currency. And then a week later they go earn a, you can spend the earnable currency on it. So if you really want to be the guy who's got it (laughs) right away. And I think that seems to work and they do cycle things in and out of the store. So there's a little bit of kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, it's not as bad as it used to be where buy it now or you'll miss it. But uh, uh, I think having things 
giving players those options because some people have a lot of time to play and they can get the earnable stuff some people can't afford the premium stuff i don't ever buy the premium currency on games except for sometimes yeah (laughs) so i guess i I think it's a system (laughs) that works um it's it's nice to have things that you can see like oh i could just you know maybe i'll treat myself and spend ten dollars on this game especially um it was easy with Gears 5 because I, you know, get it through Game Pass. I'm like, I technically didn't even buy this game. So if I spend 10 bucks <laughs> on this game, it's not a yeah. big deal. And I appreciate them. And I'd like to, uh, you Can, know, like, support, support the continuation. Them, um, right. I think the key thing that you hit on there, whether no matter which way that they do it, because there are many different avenues, the key thing would be a consistently updated store. Um I think the best way, in my, my, my personal opinion, and the, the thing that I draw the most um, most interaction from is the, the way Apex does it. Apex is oh, one yeah. of the top performers for EA. They bring it up in every single call, earnings call meeting. It's Apex and Sims. Both of those things, well, technically it's Apex, Sims, and then the crap ton of sports games that they have. But sure. Apex is a huge example of this where it was a, a spin-off t- a spin-off title from respawn that was just an internal thing that they really enjoyed playing so they're like hey let's release this and it's been continuing update they've got the seasons and I, they've got the battle pass the battle pass is a huge thing for multiplayer shooters it's something that everyone can get behind it doesn't involve anything on the gameplay and i think that's the key thing that is the key key problem you cannot have something that you buy that affects the gameplay right yeah for sure and that um i think those are the uh, gears has kind of a similar battle pass system to apex that just goes with the season except it's um it's totally free okay like for everybody like if you pay real money to get like this boost you can like progress through it more quickly but it's totally free and I think that's kind of neat. And it mostly rewards you with like premium and earnable currency and then some cosmetics. But um, mm-hmm. on the storefront, I think the store thing is such a big deal because if you're updating it weekly, then your players, even if they aren't playing as much as they used to, they might still come and be like, oh, I got to check the store this week because there's always yeah. something new and I don't want to. Um, and you know, it's fun to see what's new. And it's not feasible. The, with Battlefront 2, they, they wanted to have new content come out a, a each week. That was the main draw. And then the whole progression system thing happened. And then seasons shifted in terms of what the scope was. But if you have... The great thing with that, like you said, is like if, if they have a, a store update every week, you know what people are going to do? They're going to keep on coming every week. And whether or not you have content that week, you're going to have um, new skins that they could have. And like Star Wars has such a huge wealth of skins. And like, while it's not necessarily canon uh, that we see of, you can definitely imagine some some person on Tatooine is going to go over there and paint their blaster. Or like you can have blaster skins. Like that's super fun. Something that I everyone loves. I could see there being being a because yeah that is a kind of a staple of most shooters and i could see them having kind of they'd probably be more subtle um than a lot of other games yeah or just charms right and i think there'd definitely be things they could do that would get approved by lucasfilm where they'd be like yeah okay you can have the little 
gonk droid hanging off your that's what i was thinking look what they've done with squadrons (laughs) squadrons is obviously with the cosmetics and squadrons there's a lot of things that you would never see happen in the movie but it's still got approved and it's fun to have the little pieces of flair um something like that would probably yeah like work really well if you're looking at it from a canon aspect why would some random starship fighter uh, from the republic or the empire have the mandalorian ship which is a super old ship why why would that be hanging in their cockpit so they have they have that they have that precedent of that and i think one of the things that they hid behind in battlefront 2015 was the fact that everything had to be super canon it had to be super duper canon there would be no um there would be no like prequel era characters or anything like that because their focus was on the original trilogy and that character wasn't in the original trilogy, so we can't bring it. But I I, th- I hope as we move forward uh, with video games, we start to seeing more of those more of those fun, stupid ideas for games. Like I would love to see a Heroes versus Villains game, and like no way you're gonna have a canon battle between like Ray sure, and yeah. Anakin, but it's super fun and the gameplay works. Yeah, you could if it was the whole game that would be way more interesting because obviously Battlefront 2 Zero versus Villains, they're all designed and balanced to also fit in this huge ground combat game. Mm-hmm. If if that was the whole game, they could each have way more um I'm thinking of the the Marvel Avengers game now where each character plays so differently. Yeah. and has so many unique moves and animations that that would be very cool, and I know that would appeal to a lot of people because that Heroes versus Villains mode is a popular mode on Battlefront. And yeah. it would, you could bring back the because I think they took it out at some point in Battlefront too. But the announcer, where it was just the tactical droid who was just like kind of smack talking the characters. I, I I believe they pulled it. They they brought it back because it was such a fun thing. They they got rid of it for a bit and then they brought it back. And some on some maps it, it I hear it, and then on other maps I don't. So I'm not sure what actually triggers it. So yeah, I I'm I'm super hopeful for the future and like like we were talking about earlier the the fact that other game developers can make Star Wars games is going to be so much better for us. And instead of one company where they've got the exclusivity where if they don't release a Star Wars game it's no big deal because they have the exclusive license and now it's like well if we really want to take advantage of this and make a really good game we'll, we have to do that to keep that relationship. And I, and th- this was like the, the best situation. Like I never wanted uh, another company to get exclusivity. I wanted it to be opened up. So if you are a really cool developer, you can make a Star Wars game. Right. Yeah. And I want weird Star Wars games. Make like Stardew Valley, but Star Wars. Or- oh, do. Just get out there with it. I mean, it doesn't need everyone to be some kind of shooter or an action adventure or an RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me a game where you just play as like a, a, a loth cat and you run around and do stuff. <laughs> just <make> Exactly. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see um, a gonk droid game where you just play around as a gonk droid and you can't really do anything, but you're playing through the key moments of Star Wars. Oh, man. But as you a know gonk what? Droid. That is... I think I, th- I feel like I don't know if they're affectionately or mockingly called walking simulators, but that is kind of a genre now, like what remains of Edith Finch or, yes. uh, you know, there's a lot of games now where you kind of are just walking through the game and experiencing a story and getting, you know, in- interacting, but like opening a door here or doing the thing there. But for the most part, there's not a, it's more passive 
and they're still really popular because they tell good stories in mm-hmm. ways that you can't tell in other mediums. Do that, but with a gunk droid. Yes. <laughs> What's um? Everyone's gone to the gunk droid rapture. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the cult of the power droids was the one true religion in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, the gunk droids are actually the force, and that's why they're all around. If you look at midi-chlorians real closely <laughs> under a microscope, it's just gunk droids. It's <laughs> the, uh, the astronaut meme. It's always been... It's gunk droids. <laughs> always has been. <laughs> gunk. Yeah, so I think going forward and with more people doing Star Wars games, I hope we get to see more of those unique experiences. And I, I, I mean, you, you, we start to see that with, um, with the Star Wars show. So hopefully that comes to the video games too. Yeah, and it'd be I don't know. Yeah, like give me a new racing game. It doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be pod racer. It can be swoop bikes or like speeders, or I don't know. There's so many options, and it's like. There's so many things that could happen that are things that EA would never have done because they tend to play it safe. And, you know, there's already so many games that they tried that were like a little bit out there that got canceled, <laughs> like that uh, Operation Ragtag or whatever yeah, it was. Don't, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, from what I've heard is EA likes to, they say they're going to release a Star Wars game at this year. And if the game that they were planning on releasing then doesn't happen, they're going to cancel it and put something else in the pipeline or move production to something else. So it's an interesting way to do it. Um, More on, we need a game at this point rather than we just need a game. Yeah. And we know, uh, I guess the only two games we know for a fact are coming are that game from Ubisoft, which we really don't know anything about. And then Fallen Order 2. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think those are the only two confirmed games, although I expect we'll get a lot of new announcements this year. Maybe not in the next month or two, but I feel like there's gonna things are going to start popping up like crazy before this year's over, at least as far as announcements go. Yeah, I hope that uh, EA Play is a wealth of Star Wars news. And we get at least logo reveals. Like that that's all we need. We just need that, hey, right. we're making a Star Wars game. I remember when they announced Fallen Order, it was the weirdest thing because it was just that dude in the audience, the guy from Respawn, and he's you, like Dude, that was the weirdest thing ever. I forgot. Like, oh that. yeah, our game's <laughs> called Fallen Order and uh, it's got a lightsaber in it or something like that. And they were like, Oh, got anything else to tell us nope that's it okay thanks yeah he seems so not prepared (laughs) i had totally forgotten about that oh that that's crazy not to derail things but i've been thinking about fallen order 2 mostly because like a lot of games it has the problem of okay you spend the first game starting with no powers and ending with lots of powers the sequel now do you start the game where you left off or do you somehow nerf your main character again so you progress again but what if you didn't even bother and you played as Marin the whole game and then you work on her power set i mean i've heard that they're going to continue with cal and it's going to be a continuation that, of the first be, story yeah that'd be my expectation but like if if they say uh cal's bonked his head and he lost all of his <laughs> memories i'm gonna be like what no i th- i think so that's such a, big, a struggle with lots of games. Yeah. You know, like Mass Effect 2 literally had to just kill Commander Shepard to let you <laughs> start over. Yeah. 
So I, I hope that they continue with that character and they continue with the strengths and they find other ways to push forward the gameplay. Because if they just if they just start over, that's gonna that's gonna be a bit of a cop out. Right. But I'm I'm super pumped about that game. Like the first one was so good and so much of a, a oh, hidden it. success that I'm super excited to see how they push forward with the game. Yeah, I mean they can only build on what was already a good, great game that had some it could have used a little bit more polish so now that they kind of did that i'm expecting the same greatness but like probably with some new tricks that are going to surprise people it's going to be good anyway dude thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, the fun me. on battlefront yeah that was great uh that'll be up on the jodocast youtube channel sometime i, I don't know when that'll <laughs> After I finish editing it, it'll be some one of these Mondays, probably. Sounds good. I'll put links to your stuff in the description of this episode. Definitely go check it out and keep an eye out for that video. That's all for this episode of Uplink Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast to get exclusive content as well as access to Uplink Plus, a monthly exclusive podcast talking all things wider world of gaming, Star Wars, and more. Definitely come check this out and help us support the show. A great free way to support the show is by leaving us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can leave a review of the podcast, it helps us out a ton and helps new listeners find the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Uplink Podcast as well as on Instagram, Uplink Podcast as well. Twitter is a great way to keep up to date on all things Star Wars gaming as well as all things on the show. Also, definitely check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. We stream every Saturday at usually it's around 12 p.m. MST. We play Star Wars games, we play Among Us, we play all kinds of fun stuff, and it is a great time. Also, stay tuned for some more content coming to our YouTube channel as we are ramping things up for 2021. Also, if you love video games, Star Wars, plants, and pizza, definitely check us out on Discord. Link will be in the description. Come join our awesome community. You can listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the show. As always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.